0: Hi, I'm Olaumi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above their level of thinking. Are you looking for transmission from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life Podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi (laughs) Brigway. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast. Can you believe that it's actually (laughs) episode 17 already? Wow, we're 17 episodes in and I'm so grateful to every single one of you that is uh, downloading every week, listening, introducing the podcast to your friends, family, and so on. I just wanted to take a few minutes um, at the start of this episode to acknowledge you and to say thank you. And I would absolutely love to hear from you, feedback. Um, if you have um, any kind of topics that you would like me to um, to go over or questions that you'd like answered on the podcast. Or whatever it is or even anything that you would like us to improve on and so on. I would love to hear from you. You can contact me at contact at allowmebreakway.com and I will put that in the show notes for you to be able to easily access. I, I'm, I'm just having a blast. I love podcasts, I love listening to podcasts, always have um, when I became introduced to them several years ago. And on top of that, I love teaching. It's what I do. You know, God has given me a grace to be able to break. Um, concepts uh, down even often complicated concepts down into something simple that people can literally understand and take away practical um, tips and things that they can use in their own daily lives so it's a combination of loving podcasts and loving to teach so i'm having an absolute blast and that is why for me this is not this is not work (laughs) this is me enjoying myself and i appreciate you for showing up every week and listening to this podcast so to today or this week i should say we're going to be talking about the importance of being flexible, the importance of being willing to make course corrections in life. Now, it, it, it would seem to me that somewhere along the line, a lot of people have somehow, you know, believed or come to the conclusion that faith means being stubborn about how something would happen. So for example, you ask God for a financial increase, And you have already decided within yourself that it will happen through a promotion at work. My question is, how do you know? How do you know that's how it will happen? Or someone that may be having problems in their marriage and they firmly believe that the problems in the marriage will be solved if the husband or the wife changes their ways. And it seems nobody can convince that person otherwise. Nobody can tell you otherwise how the problems in your marriage are going to be solved. You believe that, the, you know, as long as, you know, if he changes, then all those problems that we're having will go away. The, again, how do you know? How do you know, right? The truth is life rarely happens in a perfect straight line. And secondly, we rarely can see beyond the tip of our noses, right? You, you, you just don't know how it would happen. And one of the most important skills that you can develop as a result of the fact that life is so unpredictable is the ability to course correct. Meaning if you're going in a certain direction and something comes, like a wind comes and blows you out of you know, out of the way or it something happens that you were not expecting you don't you don't say no 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 you know i this is how it's going to be i'm going to find my way back to where i was before and i going to just keep going and keep slugging you know slugging away at that particular process or method and not stopping to think and reviewing and, and thinking to yourself is this actually working is there another way that this could happen for me all right? Because the truth is between your starting point and your final destination, there will be many twists and turns that if not properly navigated could derail you and cause your pursuit to end in failure. And we don't want that. So in order not to have your hopes or dreams or faith project dashed, you need to be flexible. You need to be able to make course corrections. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. How, first of all, I'm going to be showing you the value of being flexible and the value of being open enough to make course corrections, particularly when something comes into your space that you were not expecting. And then I'm also going to be laying out some practical steps that will help you become flexible, especially if you're someone that is quite rigid and you feel like, look, if if I believe it's going to happen this way, then it's going to happen this way. I'm going to lay out some steps that if you follow those steps will make you um, more flexible in your approach to situations and unpredictable um things that happen in your environment. All right. So I'm going to start off by going into the Bible, into my book of wisdom, as we do, as we tend to do on this podcast. I don't just come and um, teach theories. I study the lives of people, people's stories, uh, whether it is stories from the Bible or stories of people that I live in today that come on the podcast and we do an interview. And basically what we do is from studying the lives and those stories, we extract lessons that we can apply to our own lives so that we can enjoy the success that those people enjoyed. So today I'm going into the Bible and I'm going to be studying the life, well, a very short um, portion of, of his life anyway, of a man called... Ashpenaz. And Ashpenaz um, was the chief of staff of the, of King Nebuchadnezzar. So he basically was the one that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were committed to, right? He, he he was the one that was in charge of those four Hebrew boys. Now I say that because if you listen to the podcast, it is quite likely fairly likely that you know who Daniel, Shadok, Meshach and Abednego are but I like to you know beyond what we know um, about characters in the Bible and stories in the Bible I always like to um, give a bit of context and paint a picture that will help us understand these characters in a much deeper way and we can feel their pains and see what they really went through rather than just for example reading about David and thinking oh you know David um, he was running away from Saul, etc. But if you really look at the context of the time that they lived in and the way things were done, it helps you understand their stories much better. So I'm going to give some context, you know, go and talk about, a little bit about the background to Ashpenazi's life as nebuchadnezzar's chief of staff so basically this guy is chief of staff maybe that meant he was right-hand man second in command quite possibly and you know prior to that just before the period that i'm going to be talking about nebuchadnezzar had invaded israel so jerusalem and all the towns of israel etc he had conquered israel and he had taken away all the treasures as well as all the people. So he took all the people as slaves, the ones that he didn't take as slaves, killed most of them, etc. So it was at this time that Nebuchadnezzar now decided, okay, so I want some of the royal family. So some of the children, I think they were teenagers at the time. So he wanted some of them to be taken into service to serve him in the royal court. So basically Ashpenaz the, this story that I'm talking about now starts at the point where Nebuchadnezzar turns to his chief of staff and says to him right Ashpenaz I want you to go and select the best young men of Israel's royal family so we weren't talking about just anybody he wanted the very best he wanted Nebuchadnezzar wanted the very best he he basically was looking at human capital because he understood the value of human beings right he didn't just go in there and kill everybody he understood that particularly maybe the royal family that had been raised a certain way with a certain kind of mentality he knew that those kind of people would you know could be valuable to his kingdom so he wanted them All right. So um, today's text, I'm going to be reading mainly from Daniel chapter one from verses three to 20. So I'm going to sort of, you know, jump back and forth. I may not read, I most likely will not read verbatim, but I will, you know, that's where my text is from today. So Nebuchadnezzar gives this command and he says to Ashpenaz, select only strong, healthy and good looking young men. Alright, as I said, he was looking for the best of the best. Alright. He had captured these people, they were slaves, um, but he wanted the best of the best. And he said to Ashburnaz, make sure they are well versed in every branch of learning, make sure they are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and make sure they are suited to serve in the royal palace. So he 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 gave him this charge and he told him to train of these young men in the language and the literature of the Babylonians, all right? So that was Ashpenaz's task. That's what the king asked him to do. Now, just to show you, you know, I, I, you know, I talk a lot about context, all right? Just to show you the kind of important that the king, right, as, ascribed to what he was asking Ashpenas to do, the Bible says that the king assigned all those young men, right, that were selected food and wine from his own kittens, food and wine, so everything he was eating, right, he was giving them to eat, so they were almost, you know, literally eating from his table, slaves, Right, these are people that had been taken captive, and essentially, he could have done anything he wanted to do with them. But he understood the value of having people like that come and serve him, so he ascribed so much importance to it that he said, Feed them exactly what I'm eating. So, Nebuchadnezzar gave them those young boys the best because he wanted the absolute best from them. He wasn't doing it to be kind. He wasn't doing it because he felt, okay, uh, okay, I, you know, I feel sorry for these boys, let me feed them the best. No, no, he was looking to get the best out of them, the best service out of them. Now I've said all of that basically to paint a picture of the gravity of Ashpenaz's task. He had a huge project on his hands. The king was expecting the best and there was there was a lot at stake it wasn't you know he, failure was not an option for ashpenaz because failure at that time meant death in fact he said it by himself said if i don't deliver on this thing the king will surely have me beheaded he was it wasn't like he was going to be fired as chief of staff <laughs> you know like today someone you know a politician or someone gets high um appointed by the president to be chief of staff If they don't deliver, they'll literally just replace them. At that time, not delivering what the king has asked you to do is basically a sentence of death. So he would have been beheaded. So failure for him literally meant death. So I've said all that to paint a picture. (laughs) Now imagine what happens next. So Ashpenaz gathers all these young men and out of these young men, four of these four of them walked up to him and basically said okay um we have determined this is how the bible puts it, it says daniel said we have determined not to defile ourselves by eating the food and the wine given to us by the king and they were basically saying listen we're not we're not going to eat this food because we believe that it, we should not eat it. It's been offered to idols, etc., and we'll be defiling ourselves. We'll be disobeying God if we eat it. So we're asking you, Ashpanas, for permission not to eat this unacceptable fruit. <laughs> Think about what I'm saying. You know, it, it's important for us to really use our imaginations to... To to really go deep into these things. Don't just read it and say, oh, okay. Dan, imagine the boldness. Imagine the courage it would have taken for Daniel and the other three Hebrew boys to walk up to Nebuchadnezzar's right-hand man to say, okay, I have a suggestion for you, Ashpenaz. How about we don't eat this food that you're telling us to eat, right? How about we just don't eat it because we believe that we shouldn't eat it? It reminds me of the Bible also talks about you know the cent there was a centurion you know a an important man um from Syria that had leprosy, so he was leprous and basically his his servant girl walks up to him one day and says, "I know a prophet in Israel that can help you right it's a It's a very similar story. I know a prophet that can help you. And so let's go to him. So obviously wanting, wanting deliverance from his leprosy goes to Elisha, the prophet. And then Elisha doesn't even come out to see him and says, just go and bathe seven times in the Jordan river. And this centurion was livid. It was, it felt insulted. Like (laughs) I came to see you You don't even have the courtesy to come out and speak to me. You're telling me to go and dip in that filthy river and basically it was a servant girl was someone that was of no repute right that basically came up to him and said why don't you try it this way now try and imagine that try and imagine that it's the same thing with daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and abednego they were slaves Yes, they had been taken into the king into the king's service, into the King's palace to serve him and to be trained, but they were still slaves. I'm pretty sure if Ashpenaz as had felt very insulted, he may have decided, listen, you Daniel, you, you know God take him and go and go and kill him. He could have very easily done that, and nothing would have happened. Everyone were just going to find another person to replace him. So that that's what i mean in the sense that the suggestion came from someone that Ashpenaz as could have very easily dismissed the same way the suggestion for the centurion to listen and to do what Elijah asked him to do came from a slave girl came from a slave girl all right so that basically shows that success and humility go hand in hand that's the first thing that i wanted to highlight here being ridded goes beyond actually oh i i believe that this is how it would happen it's actually more of an egotistical thing it's a it's a pride thing to say i know this is how it's going to happen but the problem with that is you don't know everything you may think you know but you don't know everything and because you don't know everything closing your mind to a suggestion that may come particularly when that suggestion comes from someone that you may not particularly regard highly means that it's very very easy to close your mind to that kind of suggestion and say "Eh, you don't know what you're talking about all right i am ashpenaz I'm Nebuchadnezzar's chief of staff. Nebuchadnezzar at the time was the most powerful king on earth. Imagine that. And his right-hand man, some slave boy, walks up to him and says, I have a better way to do this. I have another suggestion. And this man was actually willing to listen. Wow. So he listens long enough. (laughs) Uh, For Daniel to, you know, give him the suggestion and then to come up with a plan, to come up with a plan, because of course, realistically, Ashpenaz could not have just said, oh yeah, of course, absolutely, whatever you say, Daniel, you know, it would be ridiculous to even think that, because remember, his own life was at stake and he, the way he knew to do it and the way the king knew to do it, the way he he had been instructed to do it was to give them all these rich foods and the wine and, and all of that. So that was the way he knew how to do it. But then a suggestion was coming, right? From a different source that seemed ridiculous, but he was willing really to at least listen. Now listen to what Daniel said. Daniel said, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. At the end of the 10 days, See how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then, make your decision in light of what you see. And that's wisdom. And that's wisdom. Because basically, remember, looking purely on face value, what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were asking was completely ridiculous. Ash had never seen anything like that done in his life. He had never seen it done that way. If you want people to be healthy, according to what they knew back then, you had to eat a lot of rich food and you had to drink a lot of rich, you know, know, rich wine, I suppose, Um, vintage wine. That's what he knew. So the fact that he hesitated is a natural human reaction. That was... That was that was a natural reaction for it to say, wait, hang on a minute. You're saying there's a different way to uh, arrive at my destination than this way that I that it's always been done. But he was flexible enough to at least listen. And when Daniel came with that suggestion and said, test it for 10 days. Just listen. Just ten days is all we need. If at the end of ten days we look scrawny, then I will eat whatever it is you want me to eat. The same way the slave girl said to the centurion and she told him, why not just go and do it? I mean, do you have anything to lose? No. If you dip in the river and it doesn't work, you walk away and you go back and that's the end of it. So it's that flexibility, being willing to try something and not insisting that no, because this is the way I know to do it. This is where it will always be done. All right. And, you know, just to give you an example from my own, from my own journey, I remember when I, when I, you know, started business, the only thing that occurred to me, that the only way I could wrap my mind around going into any form of business venture was through, you know, taking the publishing route because, you know, I've always loved books, editing comes naturally to me. Um, and I do so well. So I thought, Okay, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to start off with editing, and then grow the company. You know, train editors, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. And that was the plan that I had. That was the only way I could see it happening, right? So, I I began that. I, I started that process, and I, you know, I, I I experienced you know some level of success, right? Um, but then when a suggestion came, just out of the blue. Right. I wasn't thinking, in fact, I had decided that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to face the, you know, the editing business and I'm going to build it and it's going to be excellent. And all of that, I wasn't thinking about any other way to do business. As far as I was concerned, that was the way it was going to happen. But then like we say, (laughs) this idea just blew onto my path that I didn't go looking for. And that was transformational coaching. It had never occurred to me. I, I didn't go looking for it. In fact, it was in trying to help, you know, deliver a program at church that I stumbled on, on, on this idea of transformational coaching. I didn't, even, I didn't even know anything like that existed. You know, I knew about coaching and executive coaching and all that. But when I began to, when, when the idea came to me and I said that, hang on a minute, this is my passion. This is what I've done all my life for myself and for people. I just didn't know that's what it was called. So I got very excited. But remember, I'd already decided editing is the way to go, and I, you, know, you know, I, you know, I had begun to walk down that road. I was, uh, you know, I was achieving success, right? I had clients, etc., and I was doing fairly well. Now to change direction and say okay I'm going to abandon that well maybe not abandon it but I'm going to leave that and go in a different direction was not easy because I'm not the sort of person that would start something and say forget it I'm, I'm going to do something else I like to see whatever I do through to some form of logical or satisfactory conclusion but I you know when that idea when that suggestion came from um, from someone and they're like oh you know Transformational or or coaching. I I started to do my research and I I discovered transformational coaching and it just grabbed me. I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. But I'm like, coaching, how, how, you know, how do you make money from, (laughs) how do you, you know, how do you do that? You know, I've done it for free all my life. I've helped people, I've coached people without the title and without being paid for it. How do I now transition to the point where it's a business? I simply could not quite see it as a business. But do you know what I did? Like Daniel, you know, the wisdom that came to Daniel, basically it was the same wisdom that came to me. Because Daniel said, why don't you just try it? Just test it out for 10 days and let's see what happens. It was exactly the same thing that I did. You know, at the time I had a blog, you know, I was blogging about marriage and my experiences in marriage. And the idea just came to me, you know, for some reason, that, you know, where you sign off, um Your name at the end, and you know, I I just wrote my name. Allow me until next time. Signed off, and I put Allow Me brigway Transformational Life Coach, and I sent. You know, it was it was a weekly blog. I, I had done it for probably months, but this was the first time. I so let me let me try this idea. Let me just put it out there and let's see. You know, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't really expecting anything. I just thought, okay. Transmissional Life Coach. I've, this is what I've been doing anyway. Why not just add a title to it? And do you know what happened? As soon as I sent out, I published that blog, I think it was probably the next day or maybe even a couple of hours after I published it, I got an email from someone who said, oh, you're a life coach. You're a transformational Coach. I've been following you. I've been, you know, I've been reading your blog. And do you know, literally that person signed up with me straight away for coaching and that was my very first coaching client so like daniel said to Ashpenas, he said just test it okay 10 days is all and if it doesn't work my friend just move on okay we'll know that we tried it and it didn't work and he was flexible enough despite the fact that he could have literally quashed Daniel under, you know, under his, under his feet, proverbial, proverbial feet, right? And just like swiped him to the side and said, what do you know? Who are you? I, you're trying to tell me what to do? No, he said, test it. And that's what I did. I put it out there and immediately, once that happened, and I'm not talking about someone signing up and paying, you know, hundred pounds. I'm talking about thousands, literally. And I'm like, really? What? And that's, you know, you put it out there and God will do that for you. He will he will validate that idea to show you that this is where you should be going. All right. It doesn't mean that it becomes super straightforward and super easy from there. Remember, you will have to make several course corrections. But what I'm saying is at that point of entry, when that suggestion comes to you and don't don't be afraid to test it. If you put it out there and... Oh, he has crickets, nothing, nothing bites. It's okay. Just literally say, okay, maybe not. And then move on to something else. So that was basically what happened. Daniel said, test it for 10 days. And Ashpenaz was humble and flexible enough to agree to test it. And he did. All right. And... He says at the end of the ten days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the other. So basically, you know, the same way I just literally put the title, transformation, I didn't even have a website. I didn't have a website i didn't have any offers i didn't i hadn't crafted um my market offers i had nothing as in literally nothing i just literally put transformational life coach signed off my name with that and i you know i bagged the client somebody called me i said i'm ready i'm ready for you to coach me do you see what i mean yeah so <laughs> um the same thing with Ashpenaz. As he saw clearly that ooh. I think we're onto something here. And it is at that point, really, that it becomes easy to make that course correction. They say, okay, we're going to go in that direction. But you will not always have that in the beginning. You won't always have like a neon sign, you know, boldly telling you, oh, this is it. And, you know, something that, that, that is um, solid, pointing you in that direction sometimes you may just you just need to be flexible enough to at least give it a a try when he tried it the 10 days was not going to cost him that much if they were looking lean over at the end of the 10 days he would literally just have switched back and said you guys need to eat exactly what i give you right but at that point when he saw that because of their dedication to serving their god their god honored them He knew he was onto something and it became easy then to to make that course correction and then to stick with it. And what was the result of doing that? He says, when the training period was completed, no one impressed the king as much as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, He found them 10 times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. So it wasn't just about, oh, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys came top of their class. No, they became the best in the entire kingdom. Can you see what that means? So imagine Ashpenaz was the one that was committed, um, that was commissioned, I should say, that was commissioned to carry out this task. And then he goes back to the king and he delivers he produces four boys that are better ten times better than anything nebuchadnezzar had ever seen now imagine that if this was like um uh, a job environment professional career for example he will he would have been seriously promoted promoted probably 10 times over because he delivered an exceptional result beyond even what was expected. Why? Because he was flexible. If he had decided not to give Daniel and the other boys a time of day, if he had basically just disregarded them and been too proud to hear what they had to say or to even consider it, Even if he had kept them and forced them to eat the king's food, right? They would have literally just ended up being just as good as everyone else, right? And he would not have ended up with an exceptional result that he or anyone else, you know, could could have predicted. Do you see what I mean? So just that ability to be humble and to be flexible... Made him succeed beyond what even he had imagined. And you know, going back to the story of the centurion, he listened, he decided to humble himself because at first he was very arrogant about it and say, What? No, I'm not doing that. But he listened to the slave girl and he decided to go and dip in the Jordan River seven times. And he came out, and the Bible says that his skin was fresher than a, a little child's. Than a little child's simply by deciding to be flexible enough to change direction so to finish up today um i'm going to take you through a few steps that will help you stay on course and when i say stay on course it means to be able to make the necessary adjustments as you go towards your goal so that you can finish strong So to help you be more flexible, to help you be more open-minded when it comes to making adjustments and taking in suggestions that may not have readily occurred to you and that may be different to conventional ways of doing things, right? So in order to stay on course and to finish strong, I will take you through the steps that will guarantee that. The first thing you need to do absolutely is to be clear on your final destination and to hold fast to it. So that's the only thing you are permitted to hold fast to. The Bible says, what thing soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you received it and you will have it. So faith is not holding on and being stubborn about how that desire will happen Faith is holding on to that desire and being stubborn about its fulfillment. say so if God has said it, then it will certainly happen. nothing can stop it you can't you can't you can't dictate how it will happen right so but first, you need to be clear about what that end destination is, and you need to hold fast to it. Did you know that all planes so if you get on a plane? Right, you're going from one place to another. Every plane you get on is off course ninety nine percent of the time. Ninety nine percent of the time, because of the environmental factors. And it's the same thing with you. When you're going towards your goal, you don't live in a vacuum. You don't live in a world where um, everything just is perfect and everything's going to work out exactly as you thought it would. No, it's not going to. So like the airplane, you most likely will be, of course, 99% of the time as you're going towards your goal. All you need to do is to fix your mind on where you're going. You need that. You need to be clear. You need to have specific written down goals about where you're going. Because if you don't have a clear picture of where you're going, life, environmental factors like it, it will do with the plane, it will drift you in whatever direction it pleases. It's going to happen anyway, whether you like it or not, right? Things will come, uh, curve balls will be thrown at you. It will happen. So if you don't have a fixed destination, if you have you know a fixed image of your end destination, at the end of it all, this is where I'm going to be. If you don't have that, When life comes and it blows you, you literally will just, you know, you just move and that's it. You take your eyes off your destination. You're going to end up where you, you know, be like, how how did I get here? So the first thing is sit down at the beginning of any project with the help of the Holy Spirit to set the end destination. How it will happen, don't worry about that. That is for the Holy Spirit to figure out. You, your job is to determine what the end destination is. All right? That's number one. Number two is you. once you fix your mind on the end, on the end destination, the second thing is you commit to the process, but you detach from the method. Let me say that again. You commit wholeheartedly, 100% to the process, but you detach from the method. What do I mean by that? I basically mean you decide, make a firm quality decision that you will never give up. So whatever the process might be, you are 100% committed to it. Whatever, Wherever this wind might blow me, I don't care. It doesn't matter if I have to go round and round and you know, crisscross and so on, but the final destination i'm getting there whatever it requires i'm not going to be lazy i'm not going to give up halfway because it's difficult so whatever plan you choose you commit a 100 but you have to detach from the method so never become so attached to a particular course of action that you become blind to the fact that it's not working or the world has moved on from there all right so Give everything you have every single day but detach yourself from the way it would happen because that I guarantee you will constantly change. In the beginning you might think, "Oh, this is what I this is how I think it's going to happen," but I guarantee take 2 steps forward and you will see that things have changed and it is no longer how you think it will happen. So you have to be willing to detach yourself from a particular way as I I gave an example in the beginning about how someone is looking to increase their finances and they have already figured out in their minds that this is exactly how it's going to happen it's not like God told you it's not like anything but you just feel like it looks like this is how it's going to happen you don't know how it will happen the only thing you know according to the word of God is what will happen that's all you know that's the only thing you can commit to but the how you must detach yourself. So don't become so attached to a particular how and when the Holy Spirit is trying to move you in a different direction, you say, no, this is how I, you know, I is going to happen and you refuse to move. So that's number two. Number three is what we've been talking about, which is be prepared to make continual course corrections. Be prepared to make continual course corrections. And so how do you do that? When, when I talk about making course corrections, how practically do you do that? Okay. The first in is keep your final destination in front of you. Remember what I said? If you don't know where you're going, if you forget, for example, all right, you set a goal beginning of the year, January 1st, and before the end of February, you, you've forgotten about the goal. And when you look back, you're like, ah, <laughs> you're so far off where you thought, you know, you would be by, by, this is June now, halfway through the year, because you didn't keep that final destination in front of you. If you don't keep it in front of your eyes, life will drift you, of course. It is what life does. Expect it, because that is what will happen, right? So, you need to keep that final destination in front of you how do you do that by reviewing your goals or your end destinations daily daily so you're written down goals you need to look at it daily or at the very least weekly you know once a week if you say oh i can't do it daily i'm busy fine okay but once a week you need to pull out that journal or wherever it is you're written it down and look at it and say, this is where I'm going. You have to keep your final destination in front of you. Another way to do that is through, you know, things like vision boards, pictures, just you have to keep it front and center of your mind. Otherwise you forget about it. And when life comes and blows you off course, that's the end of that goal. Then the second way that you can make Course corrections and finish strong, okay? To make those course corrections is review. You know, we've talked about review. So you keep your goal in front of you. The second one is continually review how you're doing. And I'm saying this because sometimes you can even, you know, you, sometimes you need to make a course correction not because you failed, but actually because you have succeeded. What do I mean by that? Even if you're doing well, you have to ask yourself, is this taking me to my final destination? Success is not proof that you're heading in the right direction. Some people think failure is the only proof that you're heading in the right direction. <laughs> that if something feels catastrophically, it means, okay, change, change direction. Well, yeah. But the thing is, sometimes success is actually not proof that you're heading in the right direction. Success could actually be a distraction, And it's taking you far away from where you're supposed to be. So you have to continually review it. And I'll give you another example. You know, I've talked about starting my business and all of that. But while I was still working... Um. In fact, th- at the point at which I decided to start a business and begin to run my business alongside my my working career, my nine to five, was I had literally just gained a promotion, the biggest promotion of my career so far. So it wasn't like I had failed. It wasn't like you know I was my. I, I was um, stagnant, or I was sad and ho- unhappy with my career, and it wasn't moving forward. And I thought, okay, let me go and try business. No, I was I was prospering. I had the the, the role that I, you know, the the role in senior le- leadership that I, you know, had been going for. I had literally just secured it, and judging by that, I should have been over the moon. But then, I I remember feeling. Empty, feeling like, oh, there's something about this that's just not right. You know, this is just not feeling like it should feel. That that conviction inside me that I was on the right path was suddenly gone. So I went back to my destiny, my end destination, my goal. And I thought, is this taking me where I know I'm meant to be? And the simple answer, once I sat down... And I was able to, you know, look at it objectively without allowing the shiny new promotion and and all of those things, the money and everything to cloud my judgment. I could answer very honestly that no, it's not taking me where I'm supposed to be. And as a result of that, I made the bold decision to let it go. So I literally just released myself of those responsibilities. It was difficult to do. At first, but then once I went back and I made that decision that listen, it's taking me away from where I'm supposed to be in God, it became easy. Dropped all the responsibilities, went down to, you know, just teaching and being a teacher, then went down to part time building my business until I eventually, you know, built my business to the point where I could leave and go and do that full time. So that's what I mean. Even if you're succeeding, you're doing well, it doesn't mean you're on the right track. So you have to continually sit back and review. And obviously the other side of that is if you fail or you're stagnant or things are just not working, everything you do ends up, you know, being face to face with a brick wall, right? Then you have to be able to say, hang on a minute. I don't think this is working. And go and find out from people or ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to how it will work for you. All right. So success sometimes is not an indication that you're on the right track. And if you're continually hitting up, you know, and banging your head, trying to bang your head against a brick wall, that's a very good indication that you need to make a course correction. Um, So don't see it as the end of the road. If that particular plan has failed, just see it as, okay, this is one of possibly one billion ways that this could happen. And this one is, you know, is over, you know, and next, literally just say next. (laughs) What's the next plan that I can come up with or that the Holy Spirit will guide me to that will help this thing happen? So don't ever see anything on the journey, any method of delivery as the as the only vehicle that can take you there. So if that method of delivery fails, literally say, okay, what can I learn from this, and then go next. Literally next, what's the next way? What's the next way? Go and you know, speak to people that have succeeded, do your research, and try another way, with the Holy Spirit guiding you. Okay, if that particular plan fails, that's the plan that's failed, not your destination. So go. Next, what's next? Let's try another way until you get to your final destination. And the last one is be open to new opportunities and new ways of doing things. Don't, don't, you know, if someone literally comes in, you've always done something. And then an idea comes that just sort of grabs your attention a little bit. Don't look down the person that gave the idea. You might think, I'm the leader of this project. What do you know? At least test it. Test it in a way, in a controlled environment, something that's not going to impact too much on the final outcome. Like Danielle did, just 10 days compared to three years is nothing, right? Test it in a controlled environment. If you run a business and someone walks up to you and says, oh, there's this marketing thing that we're doing, and they tell you to come and invest your entire capital, well, that's a bit silly. OK, but you could say, how about I give you this tiny amount of money and then let's test it and then let's see what happens. If it works, you know, fantastic, then we can put more into it. So, th- you know, that gives you the peace of mind to literally just, you know, be able to step out without fully stepping out, if you see what I mean. OK, so that that's what I've you know, come to tell you today um, and essentially boils down to this knowing what you want and knowing how it will happen are two completely different things and if you mix them up you most likely will get derailed because if you become fixated on a particular way that something should happen then you're already of course why because we've said that life is about twists and turns and if you decide to you know for those of us mathematicians if you go you know turn your turn in a particular direction on a bearing of let's say all 35 and you need to change direction and say no i'm going to stick on the bearing of all 35 you're ready, of course you're already of course okay there are a billion ways that god can get his promise to you and it's not for you to decide how he's going to do it it's entirely up to him the only thing god has guaranteed is that end result the way it will happen you can't be too fixated on that that was why the pharisees and the sadducees and all those religious pompous people in jesus's time did not could not accept jesus why because he didn't come with pomp and pageantry He was born in a manger in a smelly manger they're like how can you call yourself the son of god okay if you are rigid and stubborn about the way it would happen That very stance, right, will act as an enemy of your progress. So essentially what I'm saying to you this week is be willing to depend on the Holy Spirit and be guided daily by his instructions, right? And those instructions will not necessarily come as my son, my daughter, this is what I need you to do. It might come as a prompting. It may come as a nudge. It may come as somebody just walking up literally to you and saying something. And saying, why don't we try this? And it would take humility to be able to recognize and submit to it. So making course corrections as you go towards your goal is the only way to guarantee exceptional success. So (laughs) that's me done this week. And I look forward to next week when we're back again with more insights and, you know, from people's lives and life lessons. Bye hey before you go do me a favor if you've enjoyed today's podcast or any of the ones that you've listened to can you please share with friends family and colleagues thanks